0: Side Hustle Show 183, from zero to 30 grand on the side in six months. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now, your host, Nick Loper. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show where it's all about ideas, action, and results toward building those job-free income streams. Got a homegrown success story to share today, and I think you're gonna find some applicable takeaways for your own biz. I'm joined by Chris Deerdorf. He's a product marketing manager in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. Now last fall, Chris joined the Side Hustle Nation Inner Circle Mastermind Group which uh, I'm actually currently taking a break from hosting. Otherwise, this might be a nice endorsement. But at that time, he had uh, a passion for startups, for entrepreneurship, and for marketing, but didn't have any customers. Now, since then, he's figured out his service offering, landed several clients, and booked over 30 grand worth of marketing consulting work. It's it's pretty serious. And we're gonna dive into how he's got it done, how he's marketed and priced his own services, and how he's been able to deliver excellent results for his customers while still working full-time. And we're going to talk about his plans for the future and scaling up this business. Now, if you're out and about, don't worry, because I've compiled a free PDF highlight reel with all of Chris's top tips from this conversation. You can grab a copy at SideHustleNation.com slash Chris. I don't think we've used that pretty link yet, SideHustleNation.com slash Chris. And I want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, which is FreshBooks.com. You guys know FreshBooks is the affordable small business accounting software for side hustlers and freelancers with invoicing and time tracking built right in. You can get started with your 30-day free trial at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. I'm going to be back to tell you a little bit more about FreshBooks, plus my top takeaways from this chat with Chris after the interview. Ready? Let's do it.
1: I think for a while, I was just waiting for the right product concept to come along and you know, after working in corporate America almost ten years, I was like, you know what? If I don't make this jump in the entrepreneurship now, it's it's not gonna happen. And so that's where I just decided I was gonna start my own marketing firm. You know, I had done product marketing and product management for about six, seven years in corporate America. And I, I knew kind of the function of product marketing and, and I knew I could do that pretty well. And along with that, you know, Boulder is, has really become its own mini startup hub. And I had the opportunity to get to know a lot of startup CEOs and founders. And what I was seeing was a lot of great companies very focused on the product and engineering side, but not really giving a lot of attention to the marketing side of things, particularly product marketing.
0: So I think product marketing, like, OK, I'm going to go help sell like a box of Tide.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. So the, the thing about product marketing is it's, it's different than corporate marketing or branding in that it's, it's marketing focused specifically on a product or a product portfolio, And so that's where, you know, I can specifically help companies, particularly startups, in terms of really successfully marketing that product, whether it's putting together a marketing plan, kind of honing the positioning and messaging around that product, or really kind of doing the day to day blocking and tackling of marketing that product, either through content development, blogging, uh, infographics, video creation, and then getting that content out to, you know, where it reaches their target audience.
0: Okay, okay. And so this was somewhat related to, you know, what you're doing at work.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean it's it's basically, you know, I'm taking my day-to-day job responsibilities and kind of transition it into more of an actual marketing service firm.
0: Okay. Say, so, hey, if this company finds it valuable, <laughs> perhaps there are other people out there that will find it valuable too.
1: Well yeah. And I think for me it was the recognition that, you know, so much of the discipline and the structure that I've I've learned over the years in terms of being a product marketer within corporate companies, that's something that's like totally foreign to the startup world. But they need it so much because, you know, just focusing on on the product and product innovation, that's not alone. That's not enough. And so that's where to have someone come in and really, in a sense, kind of like guide them through commercialization and bringing a product to market. That's immensely helpful and
0: extremely valuable for them. Okay, now that's an interesting point to make kind of a, a little bit of a pivot to so I'm going to take these skills and apply it to a slightly different market.
1: Yeah, and, and so that's essentially
0: what I've done. So what happens next? you say, okay this is, this is my skill set. I have an innate sense that there's a need for these uh, for these skills. What happens next?
1: You know, as you mentioned, you know I do have several regular clients right now. I'm up to, to seven paying clients. You know, certainly I want to grow my, my client portfolio. And I really want this to become something larger than me. And so really, I'm trying to, one, grow the, the in-person marketing consulting business. So trying to bring on more clients. I think the other thing I want to do is try to take it from a, you know, a one business to a, a one to many. So you know, looking at building out a marketing academy where I would, I would provide templates, tutorials, online workshops, and really kind of building out this business that, that go, goes beyond just a one-man
0: shop. So you got seven clients today, which I think is a kind of an important thing to know. Like, you know, we don't have to go sell a thousand of these things. Like, I, I got to find seven people. I got to convince seven people, obviously aiming at a higher price point, aiming at companies that have money to spend. How did you get on their radar? Like, were you doing Google ads, guerrilla marketing, uh, Facebook stuff? Like, how did how did you connect with these uh, with these companies um, to begin with?
1: Yeah it's really interesting and and the funny thing about it Nick is I was really passionate about working with startups uh, just because I I love you know working with companies at the very early stage I think they're more innovative they're more agile but everyone told me don't work with startups and lo and behold here I am 6 months later 8 months later and I'm working with startups that are paying me money. Now, some of that has to do with the fact that you know I, I don't work with just any company on the street, but you know I've done some targeting efforts where I partnered with some startup communities and accelerators. Uh, TechStars is a pretty well-known one. There's another one called Boomtown Boulder, okay. and really have tried to identify some of the top companies coming out of those accelerators. Um, and that's kind of my way of, of self selecting companies that I think would benefit from my my services, but also have budget to pay me.
0: Okay. So so Techstars and Boomtown, like they have public facing websites that hey, these are the companies that we have funded or that we are accepted into our incubator. And then you're doing your own independent research on those companies to see, hey, how how maybe I can fit into their marketing plans?
1: Yeah. So Boomtown Techstars, they'll basically publicly list their their portfolios online, and then essentially I will do my own research in terms of looking up these companies within their portfolios, and then I'll usually connect with founders, CEOs, chief marketing officers, typically through LinkedIn if I don't already have an existing connection. And then essentially, I have some sort of warm introduction through either meeting them somewhere or through someone we know, or I'm sending them like basically a cold intro over email, and really just kind of informally just saying, you know, hey, I'm I'm plugged into the the tech stars, the Boomtown community. I'd, I'd love to learn more about doing from a marketing perspective. Keep it very low risk, you know, very low commitment. And, you know, with that, I've, I've usually had about, you know, 25, 30 uh, percent success rate where people will at least have an initial conversation with me.
0: OK, so 25 percent of the cold email outreach, people, you know, respond back, say, OK, I'm, I'm interested. Let's let's chat. Right. Tell me about like to be able to send that cold in. Hey, I'm plugged in with the with the boomtown people. Like you, how did that connection happen? Like it sounds like that's like the initial foot in the door.
1: It's kind of all about the idea of doing good to do well. But that idea is that getting involved with these communities, you really need to volunteer your time. And so I'm a mentor for the, the Boomtown community. And basically, before I work with any you know, startup within a paid capacity, I'm volunteering my time. So that's that's meeting with them. That's mentoring them. That's providing them with tools and templates that they can use to kind of put together some sort of marketing operations while they're in an accelerator. And I'm doing that all free of charge. And they come out of the accelerator, you know, I'll follow up with them and by that time, I, you know, if it's a warm, you know, warm introduction, I've already had that relationship or some sort of connection. And that just puts me on such better footing to reach out to them and say, hey, you know, this is what I do. You know, I work with startups in a paid capacity. I'd love to talk to you more about how I might be able to help you.
0: And then somebody and then somebody said yes. And then somebody said yes. OK, so so let's talk about that. Let's talk about that initial like scope of work. Like, how do you figure out <laughs> now? Like, <am> I, <laughs> I imagine like I'm I'm like giddy. Oh, my gosh. Like, now what? What do I do? Literally, like
1: the first month I launched, I had a very, very warm prospect that I got through a referral. I was like, "This is amazing! Like, I'm already, you know, success." And I I went through this really cumbersome, really long process of trying to put together a custom proposal for them based on their needs and everything. I look for. Long story short, it was it was a mess. It was complicated. It was overwhelming, and I ended up not getting that client. The takeaway that I, I had from that is you have to make it easy to do business with your clients or your future clients. And so from there, I basically simplified and streamlined the whole process to where basically I put together pre-built packages for different offerings based on what a customer might be looking for. So it was great for me because all of this was kind of already built on its own. And I basically kind of provided or offer it to prospective clients and certainly, I might make some tweaks or some adjustments, you know, based on you know specific things they're looking for. But overall, I am sticking to those package offerings, and that's how I'm servicing the clients.
0: Okay, is it kind of set up like on a three-tier menu, like small, medium, and large?
1: So there's a couple of ways I go about it. One is kind of thinking about uh, I don't know if you've heard the buyer's journey, kind of the continuum, or you know the experience a perspective buyer might go through over a period of time whether that's a couple months 6 months or even a year and so basically what I did is I put together a couple packages that would kind of address that continuum so here's what you do right out of the gate here's what you do you know in a couple months after working with me and then here's something you know 6 months down the line and then I also kind of have like you know basically a good better best for those different packages so this is kind of my my silver gold and my platinum so they have kind of different options, but both based on price point and also in terms of kind of the value delivered for each of those packages.
0: Okay, interesting. What, what's an example of uh, how much does it cost to work with, Chris?
1: Almost 99% of all my clients start off is what I call a two-page high-impact marketing plan. So many clients, particularly startup clients, really steer clear of marketing plans, marketing strategies, because they think of like 30, 50-page decks that just sit on a shelf and collect dust. What I try to do is I I offer the opposite of that. And it's two pages. And it's basically a marketing plan where we're, we're covering everything from your objective, strategies, tactics, as well as kind of metrics and goals. And it's really kind of a marketing plan that's enough to kind of get you off the ground and kind of get you through the next three, maybe six months to where you get some momentum behind your marketing operations. You're kind of having some quick wins, some successes. To where like you can then take that next step and really build out more of a full-fledged marketing operation. So something like that, a two-page marketing plan, I charge six hundred and fifty dollars for that.
0: Okay, um, and then that, that's kind of like a gateway or a tripwire purchase into you know more of your services. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, some people might see as a loss leader. It's it's actually for me. It's not really a a loss leader. It might be more of a cost leader, where I'm doing it at cost. But it's a great kind of low risk, low cost way for me to begin working with clients. They get to see how I work. They get to experience interacting with me, and then ultimately see the value add that I deliver. And almost every time I do that with a client, they're like, "Chris, I want to keep working together. What's next?" And then so, you know, to your point, in terms of being kind of that, that entry point, that gateway, then we'll kind of jump into additional packages that are kind of the next level up. Well,
0: for, the, for the clients you have now, are they set up on like one one off engagements? Like, hey, I'm going to put together this like this like this marketing plan example or is it like, OK, I'm going to handle your your content marketing, your social media for the next for, for the foreseeable future for X dollars a month?
1: I would say it, it can vary a little bit by client. I would say most clients you know, like I said, they do the two page marketing plan and they're in they're, they're like, all right, what's next? And then from there, I give them options to work with me either from four weeks, eight weeks to 12 weeks or on a retainer basis. And most clients opt for I would say, either four or eight weeks initially and then we'll kind of re up as they go.
0: Now how much of it is you know this kind of high level, uh, strategic thinking of like, oh, I'm going to put together this marketing plan for you versus like the actual nuts and bolts of like doing the work, like I'm going to create blog posts for you. I'm going to you cold call customers for you. Like how much of it is strategy versus tactics, I guess?
1: You know, I would actually say it's, it's 50-50. And the thing is like if I was purely strategic working with startups, like I wouldn't have much of a business. But that being said, there's absolutely value to be strategic, particularly upfront in terms of you know, kind of being more effective, doing things that are save money, that are more efficient. And so startups get that, even ones that, you know, are very kind of short-term focus. And so that's why I typically start off with the strategic long-term stuff. And then once that's done, we'll get into more of the tactical stuff. So that could be blog writing, social media work, it could be helping them get kind of a CRM up and running, but really kind of doing that, that day-to-day blocking and tackling work that startup's absolutely have to do.
0: Yeah. So are you doing all of that yourself in in addition to your full-time job at this point? That sounds like a lot of work.
1: I was for a good while and it was getting to the point where it it was just too much. And I even would like off, you know, a portion or usually it was lunchtime during my full-time job where I would do like the social media stuff. But you know, I I got to the point where I was getting so busy with additional clients and additional work that I had to outsource, and so um, I was able to find a couple people via Upwork.
0: Those guys are helping uh, do 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 the lifting to actually get this stuff done. So one thing I'm curious about is the challenge of of working full time and then selling to other businesses. Like every like I want to sell to businesses because they've got the money, and that's what everybody tells me to do. But at the same time, like I'm. Busy during regular business hours? Like, how have you kind of overcome that?
1: A lot of it has come down to just successfully time blocking. So, I typically block off every lunch hour during the work week and usually spend that time working on my company. I'll also time block first thing in the morning. And so, usually The first thing I do in the morning is business development. So I I spend at least 30 minutes a day on business development, whether that's emails or LinkedIn, making connections. And then I I usually time block probably four hours on Saturday and then two to four hours on Sunday to work on my
0: business. Okay, so you're looking at 15, 20 hours a week. What do you think?
1: Looking probably more between 10 to 15.
0: Okay, that's not bad at all for an average of 5K a month lately. No, no, not at all. I was going to ask about, you know, running into a capacity ceiling. Like, would you have room to take on many more clients? What does that look like?
1: As you mentioned, I think at the the top of the call, you know, I'm I'm really tracking about 5K a month. So, you know, basically brought in 30K over six months. And it's kind of feeling like that's, that's my ceiling in terms of just me doing everything. And so I absolutely want to grow, I absolutely, you know, want to bring on more clients, expand my impact. But in order to do that, I have to bring on more help. So right now I'm actively looking at bringing on an additional social media specialist. I've got someone helping me right now for my own social media efforts, but I'll be bringing on someone to help specifically work with clients. And then also some of the work I do involves, you know, business development in terms of market research, writing business plans. So I'm also looking to bring on uh, another person in that capacity as
0: well. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards applies to base rate taxes, fees and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. You mentioned LinkedIn a moment ago. Do you um, say the market compass on LinkedIn in addition to, or did you like create a separate profile?
1: So I have a, my own company LinkedIn page, but I've not done anything, you know, on my LinkedIn page for, for obvious reasons Yeah, No one's said one word about it. In fact, I think one prospective client at the very beginning, when I started this whole thing, mentioned it. And that was the only time anyone's ever mentioned not having my side hustle on LinkedIn.
0: OK, well, that, that's good to hear, because that's always a question that comes up, like, oh, you know, how out in the open do I need to be about that stuff? So that's that's good to hear. Like, What does that LinkedIn outreach, LinkedIn connection strategy look like? Just, hey, I noticed you're the CEO of such or such startup in Denver or in Boulder. And I, I think we should know each other.
1: You know, as I mentioned earlier in the call, in terms of my partnerships with the startup communities and accelerators, that's where everything starts. So it's it's a very targeted approach from the beginning. And so I'm working from that list of startup companies already. So when I'm on LinkedIn, I'm looking up those companies and specifically I'm trying to identify founders, CEOs and chief marketing officers.
0: Well, it's a great great market because there's always new startups.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And And the thing about startups is, you know, unless they're just like blowing up really fast, they're generally pretty accessible, and so it's, it's not hard for you to at least reach out, get an email response. And very often you'll be able to at least get a phone conversation with people.
0: OK, so hiring people to kind of ease some of the capacity constraints. You mentioned going one to many as another growth opportunity, kind of building out some template driven stuff, product driven stuff. Like are you building like the, the startup marketing uh, book or course or something to, to try and productize this a little bit?
1: I am uh, over halfway through uh, a book on startup marketing that I'm, I'm working on, and it's really focused around kind of the nuts and bolts of how to do marketing well as a startup. In a lot of ways, it's kind of a step-by-step guide for startups. So I could see this being kind of a reference for a lot of CEOs or you know, solopreneurs who are looking to kind of do marketing on their own. Or maybe it's just, you know, founders who are like, I just need to kind of get a marketing foundation in place, so you know, I can get things up and running before I bring on a chief marketing officer or a whole marketing team.
0: You gonna go Amazon with that?
1: I think so. Yeah, right now I'm leaning towards self-publishing.
0: Okay, I think that, I think that'd be a cool authority builder. Versus, I don't know if it'd be a huge re- revenue driver, but I think it'll be a good authority builder. Say, hey, look, I wrote the book on this subject. This is why you should trust me.
1: Yeah, yeah, like I, I'm not really looking at being a bestseller right out of the gate, but I think for me, it would serve well as a lead magnet and just giving me a platform to speak from as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mentioned earlier on the call how, you know, after totally bombing with that first prospect, I, I had to kind of really make it to where I really needed to focus on, you know, simplifying and streamlining kind of how I do proposals and initially engage prospective clients. Well, similarly, about a month ago, I kind of hit another wall where I felt like things weren't growing, you know, things were doing okay, but they just weren't really growing as much as I'd wanted. And a big reason was I was so focused on what I call kind of optimizing the existing clients I had. So I was trying to think, all right, how do I maximize the revenue I'm getting from this client? And, And how do I get this client to pay me more? And what I realized is I was, I was focusing on the wrong thing. I was focusing on how, how do I squeeze more revenue or more money out of a client versus how do I deliver more value? And kind of the aha moment for me is like when you deliver value, especially value where it's just like, you know, clients are like, oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. This is so helpful. The money will follow the value. The money will come. And so it's been interesting since I've just kind of had that realization and made that shift. I've landed two new clients, you know, I'm starting to see, you know, kind of more of an upswing in the business again. And it's kind of crazy. But it's almost like, I want to deliver so much value, where the people I talk to would be nuts not to work with me. So basically, like when I do a proposal, when I tell them the work I'm going to do, they're gonna be like, wow, for this price, I'd be silly not to work with you.
0: Yeah, make it make it a no brainer or turn on whatever the 10x rule 20x rule. I want to whatever I'm charging, I want to make sure they get, you know, 10x that back in in terms of value from it. My question is, like, do you see So you you mentioned, hey, I want to build this into, you know, a a legit like agency. I'm assuming you're gonna have to (laughs) take the leap at some point to make that happen. You see this becoming a full time thing?
1: I do. I really do. And so I, I have some targets uh, both from, you know, number of regular paying clients as well as kind of financial targets. What are you, what are you aiming for on that front? Basically, I'm, I'm aiming for, so on a monthly basis, uh, essentially about five uh, regular paying clients. That will provide me essentially uh, enough um, income based on my calculations to, to match my current income with my full-time employer. And then I'm, I'm trying to save up about six months worth of kind of seed capital where i'll have that you know essentially as a rainy day when i go full time
0: okay yeah a little a little bit of a runway but i think with an extra 40 hours a week freed up maybe probably more you know that kind of frees up a lot of time to you know work on the growth the business development the hiring and some of these you know products to to take this you know one to many kind of broaden right now it's all local or it's mostly local yes
1: it is. Yeah, it absolutely is. And and I absolutely have intentions of, of kind of expanding that. You know, right now, everything's very, I would say, centric to the Boulder area. From there, I want to go to Denver, broader Colorado, and then kind of focus more on kind of the, the western region of the U.S.
0: Well, Chris, this has been awesome. I'm really excited to see where you've come so far and excited to see where this thing goes. You guys can check them out at themarketcompass.com and we'll wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation
1: make it easy for customers to do business with you. If you think like that, you'll save yourself and your customers a ton of headache and probably get yourself quite a bit more business.
0: Love it, Chris. Thanks so much. We'll This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. When you apply Chris's tips and begin to score more clients, you're going to want an organized and professional way to get paid. And that's where FreshBooks comes in. Now, one thing FreshBooks really prides themselves on is their customer support. There are no automated phone menus, and everyone in the company actually starts working in the customer service department when they get hired on. So let's call them up and see what happens. Hi, Chris calling FreshBooks. This is Richard. How can i help you today. Richard, you got me on the first ring. <laughs> for sure. We want
1: to keep you guys on your toes too. How can i help.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. You are live on the Side Hustle Show podcast that FreshBooks is sponsoring, and I just wanted to do a live on-air feature to see how quick you guys would pick up the phone. Um, w- real quick, awesome to meet you. What's What do you like best about working for FreshBooks? Uh, definitely the culture. <laughs> and the customer that we get to talk to every day. Well, very cool, man. Thanks so much for taking the time and, and for proving the, uh, the fanatical customer service there. Sounds good. Have a good day. <laughs> you bet. Bye. Right. Here you go. Culture and customers. You can tell Richard loves his job. How about uh, if you want to try FreshBooks free for 30 days, go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle or enter the Side Hustle show in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle for your free 30-day trial. Okay, here are my top three takeaways from this conversation with Chris. Number one, volunteering was a great foot in the door. And we actually heard the same thing just a couple episodes ago, episodes ago from Tiffany, the budget nista. And um, this is how Chris was able to get in front of his target customers in a non-threatening, non-salesy way. And so we got to ask the question, where are your target customers hanging out? Is there a volunteer opportunity um, at, at that place? I don't know. Uh, number two, it doesn't take much seven clients. So if I'm if I'm going to sell a Kindle book for 2.99 for example, I've got to sell 15,000 copies to bring in uh, the same amount of revenue that Chris did with seven clients. Totally different business model but I think a really important and eye-opening at least for me eye-opening point uh, to bring up. And takeaway number 3, sell the strategy first and then sell the tactics. So this was a really interesting method uh, Chris was using here, and I think reminiscent of the road mapping sessions Kai Davis talked about in episode 59. It's like selling the house or, or the vision of the house and then selling the bricks. And in Chris's case, a two-page marketing plan, yes, it it Took a lot of time and experience to be able to create that, but at 650 bucks a pop, my guess is he's earning a pretty solid hourly wage doing those, and they serve as a brochure for the rest of his suite of services. Really smart. I like that move. You can find all the notes and links for this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash Chris. And while you're there, be sure to grab the free PDF highlight reel with all of his top tips from this call. A little bit of news and updates before we wrap this up. I ended up losing the uh, Best Business Podcast Award nomination to Startup. This was at the Academy of Podcasters Award at Podcast Movement last week. It, it, like really, it was just, <laughs> everyone says it was a thrill to be nominated, but like it really was. Like there were some of my favorite shows in that category and just some really heavy hitters in that space. So that was pretty fun. Ended up having a great time in Chicago. Now, originally I had planned on hosting like this paid one day uh mastermind, side hustle accelerator event, and was having a really hard time selling tickets f- for this. And I bring this up to share that like, not everything that I touch turns to gold and <laughs> there's some, some failures and flops along the way. Ended up, you know, refunding the tickets that, uh, that I did sold. And maybe I, maybe I whist out a little too early on this, but you know, I'm in pulling the plug on it, but you can read about my, my failed attempt at hosting a, a live event in next week's quarterly progress report over on sidehustlenation.com. What well, we ended up doing it instead was just hosting uh, a more informal and free meetup at a, at a coffee shop instead. And had a great turnout, so I want to thank uh, Julie and Phil and Bob and and Bruce and Michelle and Aja, and and then everybody at the other end of the table. I didn't get to talk to you for coming out, and just want to say if you're if you're interested in, in hanging out the next time that Side Hustle Nation rolls through town, um, just be sure to join the email list. So if you hit the the big green I'm a hustler button in the sidebar, I'll let you know when uh, when we got another event nearby. A few more travel trips you know coming up for the rest of this year so there's there's always opportunities for that and, and love to host these we did one in tokyo so we do did one all over the world we're going international so i want to thank um i want to thank carrie over at uh, podcastfasttrack.com he was a previous guest of the show as well uh, for helping clean up the audio on this one chris and i had a really spotty connection and we dropped the call a couple times and i think he i think he managed to salvage it pretty well and uh, which was good because i think chris had some really good stuff to share In the meantime, thank you guys so much for tuning in and putting a little hustle into your earbuds. Until next time, let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where we're going to learn about marketing and selling your first online course, even if you don't have a big audience. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.